Well, 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 welcome to Between Sundays. My name is Tyler, and we've got the fire and the wood, but not a sheep for our burnt offering. So Dave is here to show us the way to Mount Moriah. So sharpen your number two pencils and your lamb knives. We're getting tested today, guys. Where is your level of faith? We're talking Abraham and Isaac. But before we offer our pod sacrifice, let's take a look <laughs> over in the thicket. And what do we oh, see? Shit. Our favorite co-host who's been here the whole time, Baron and Marin. Baron and Marin, good day. Damn it, I messed that up. Good day, guys. Baron and Mary. Marin and Barry. <laughs> good day, guys. Uh, good day. Ooh, just caught in this thicket yeah, over here. There you are. You've been here the whole time. <laughs> so you, I thought you were going to say ram in the thicket, but it was close. It was really close to that. Yeah. I knew that's what you were expecting. You like so to I defy expectations. Switch it up just Man. a little bit. Yeah. Solid. Guys, how you doing? Great. I'm okay. Yep. You're okay. No, I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah. You know, when you ask somebody and you're like, <laughs> how you doing? And they're like, I'm fine. You're like, well, that's, obviously that's like you're not yeah, fine. That's a negative. <laughs> yeah. Dave's here. Welcome, Dave. Hey. Man, you are like the fourth co-host at this point. You've been you've been a pretty steady presence here on the Between Sundays pod. And I'm so glad. Yeah. We love having you here. Good to be here. How you doing? Awful. Awful? Oh, no. I mean, I'd rather you say awful than fine, to be honest. Yeah. I just said this. I just had a meeting with a guy and he said, so how are you doing? I, I said, really bad. Oh, no. Or awful or something. <laughs> And he goes, he was like getting ready to yeah. the next response when you say fine. Like, oh, good. Yeah, it's like and robot. He goes, he goes uh, oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for the honesty. He's like, oh, uh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't have asked. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. Guys, what'd you do this weekend or last week? What's happening? What'd I do today? Yeah, what'd you do today? I came here. I was here for a bit. Then I had to go and register my son for high school classes. Oh, the day has my, arrived. Wait, we're in February. I feel like I only have four years left with my kids. What are we registering for in February? High school classes. That starts in August? It's now. I just registered him today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you Watershed just like, moment today. Didn't you just do that? Back in my day, didn't you do that like in the summer? You, you'd like finish a school year and then like six weeks later, you're starting yeah. classes Back or like orientation. Back in our day, yeah. things were very, <laughs> oh, very different. Yes. So Man, so you're a little emotional. Got all the we'll feels. We'll keep that in mind today. Yep. Real uh, Are you sensitive. Excited? You know, step lightly. It's just high school. What's the big deal? Shut your dirty <laughs> mouth. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Them's fighting words. Yeah, no, uh, I, feel, I understand. I, I get it. Are I you, don't. Who am yeah. I? What am I saying? I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. I've never raised a child. I don't know. Um, so how are you? How are you right how now? How am I right now? Melancholy, maybe, yeah. or just I don't know. Just like my baby's um, going to high school. Yeah. yeah. All Is that. he looking a little forward nervous to it? for him? Um, I think he's nervous too, but yeah. it's got to be a little of both. I mean, who doesn't look forward to going to high school? But at the same time, just overwhelmed at the yeah the enormity of what you're about to take. Did, on. He, did he get his locker? No, none of that yet. No, oh, that this was just okay. classes. Okay. Can I yep. can I give a little shout out to Jaden? Would you please? So when I was, this is very specific because it will hopefully encourage him that it will not be as bad as my initial <laughs> entrance into high school. So the very first, the upside. we had a we had freshman orientation at North Central High School. Okay, this is freshman orientation. Oh, no. You've got to nail this or yeah. your entire high school career is, is gone, right? Changing on this moment. Yeah. So don't know why y'all let me wear, I'm looking at my dad, why y'all <laughs> let me wear khakis 
uh, that khaki first day. Slacks. Khaki Ooh. slacks. I no, don't. No, that's no, already no. off off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, your we mom. had. That was your was, mom. Okay. Well, mom, we have, we need to talk. But oh, there no. were there was like a breakfast. Everybody could. We first started with like a school lunch breakfast kind of thingy, and then we had orientation stuff. The very first thing that happens to me, freshman orientation, is I spill an entire thing of orange juice <laughs> oh, on my crotch. <laughs> yes! Making a good impression. On khakis. <laughs> so that stuff doesn't dry clear. No way, man. Uh, maybe oh a little gosh. yellow hue. Yeah, it was it. a little yellowish. <laughs> and wow. uh, Welcome to high school, everybody. Who peed his pants right there. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. How'd you walk yeah. that one off? Mm-mm. Well, slowly hoping it would dry <laughs> out but and I think I untucked my shirt and yeah. found ways to I, I don't know just left. Oh, I don't think you've ever worn khakis since then that's probably why and I, I wow. think I'm yeah. not kidding I don't think I'm kidding on <laughs> wow. that wow yeah that is pretty awesome it so, so Jaden won't be that bad <laughs> nope it'll be way better but he's got stuff to like they don't do marching band at his school now, do they? No, he'll start that in the yeah, summertime. Yeah, so that's probably pretty exciting. Yeah, do you know that that's a PE class now? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Alternate PE. Why what's he play? He's a percussionist. Why? Yeah. But so he is he going to play snare or is he going to play bass drum or going to play cymbals? Or? And this is where I show what a terrible musician I am. The multiple drums that you wear, oh, like yeah. Yeah. tim toms or tim bollies or whatever they, are, whatever they like call them, six of them. That's oh, yeah. what he wants to play. Those oh, are yeah. like the coolest that people in the marching band. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, that's got to be something to look forward to. Yeah. Yep. We're there. We were, oh, yeah. What? Oh, no, what no, do you no. got? This might not even make the pod, but we were watching Parks and Rec last night. Um, Rob Lowe's character. Oh, yeah. Jaden had an epiphany that that is your voice, Dave Rod. Dave? Yeah. My voice? Yeah. I, I, What's I, his name? Chris? Chris Traeger. Chris Traeger. Chris Traeger. <laughs> yeah. My spirit animal. He his was voice. freaking out. Oh, my goodness. That is Dave's voice. Well, that then is, I, I need to listen to that and see if I can. Really interesting. Because <laughs> ever since I've seen that show, I'm like, that is Barry. <laughs> yeah. I swear. I swear. I've, I mean, I've, we, my wife and I used to watch that. And I was like, that guy reminds me so much of Barry. He's just like happy all the time and jumping every time around. I, every time I walk into a room, I'm like, Tyler Bender. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. We've talked about this before, but when we went uh, out of town as a small group and you were just running up a hill going, adventure! Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, that's Chris Traeger right there. That exactly. is Chris Traeger. Yeah. He's like the quintessential <laughs> seven, three yeah. combo. Awesome. Yeah. And the single best TV episode in the history of the universe was, Whoa. was get on your feet. When, yeah. when they're oh, yeah. going across the ice, the ice skating rink <laughs> to get for her. I, I've watched that dozens of <laughs> yeah, times and so I good. laugh every time. <laughs> so and they good. didn't have enough red carpets. So they had to actually yeah. shuffle across the ice. Oh, oh, hysterical. So that's good. a great show. Uh, Barry, what's going on? So you. Olivia and I Uh-oh. Drum have roll. a big announcement. Drum no. roll. We are. Oh, I have a drum roll. Wait a minute. Drum oh, roll. Here we go. <laughs> We're adopting a rabbit. What? Boom! <laughs> oh, that's from last week. Thank you. That little sound effect. Uh, we have made the big decision to adopt a bunny rabbit. And it's hilarious because we found there's this um, organization that they rescue rabbits. David's shaking been, his head at you. I know. It's, no, I, look, I love animals, but this is a little ridiculous. They, they, are, they take it so seriously. They have like foster homes for rabbits and they, they will not let them go to just any family. Mm-hmm. We had to do- Gotta make oh, sure you don't have like wait snakes. For it, wait for it, listen to we this. We had to do a one hour 
adoption interview phone call. What? Yeah, just to show that we knew what we were doing and to make wow. sure that our values aligned with doing? theirs. I do now. I studied up. I had like <laughs> oh pages God. of information about rabbit care. For a bunny. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> but like, it was, it's so funny for us because they just take it so seriously and we're like, all right, that's great. We love it. We wait. love it. So we have, so in, uh, oh, wait, next it weekend. Better. It gets better. Hang we on. have, we have a meet and greet with our potential rabbit <laughs> oh, and, oh, as no. well as a few others. But give the line. Apparently, my favorite line. They, from, as, from their perspective, apparently we will go and our rabbit will choose us. <laughs> Barry, oh, I love I don't, this. Yeah. I think this is where I check out. I know. No, this Most is people awesome. would. This, this is where is, checking in. I think yeah. it's, well, and. Bunny. Because I, <laughs> I carry my baggage with me wherever I go. I got a bunny as a kid, but I had Did also all this? already owned a ferret. Mm. And ferrets oh. and bunnies yeah. are mortal enemies. So I wish oh. I had gone through the process mm. to know. know. Mm. Nobody knew. We didn't know. Which one died? Uh, <laughs> the bunny went yeah, first. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, uh, our bunny's going to have a phenomenal life. Yes. We're going to pick them up appropriately because there's ways to do it that hurt the bunny. I, I know so many what? things. Yeah. And you don't come up on a bunny, apparently. No, if you, you don't swoop get, down on them, they what? will, in, they, they're prey animals. So they're essentially, oh. they're constantly living in a deep okay. state of anxiety. Oh. Tim, Tim Ayers calls rabbits the snack food of the animal world. <laughs> I mean, they are, right? Well, yeah. And, and unfortunately <laughs> they are. And so you have to just, uh, Hey, circle of life, man. That's right. Except at, in our household where animals will live long, yes, productive lives yeah. and die of old age. Yeah. Um, I want to tell you that my wife is so thrilled. She'll love no the bunny. Just wait. She'll love it. Thrilled. I keep telling her, just imagine a day when this little bunny comes hopping through our house. <laughs> the pitter patter of yeah. little yeah. bunny once feet. He's, bunny once he's feet. over the anxiety of the short drive, which will <laughs> oh, cause goodness. him deep, deep trauma. This is true. <laughs> Guys, I have a confession. When I was growing up, I had a ferret and- Wait, you both owned ferrets. I, I know. I'm just weird. discovering this the for the first chance? time. Yeah, I owned a ferret. <laughs> His name was Alonzo. Alonzo Ferret. Good. And I also owned a drum set. <laughs> there is a- Did you play the drum set with Alonzo? Did Alonzo climb into the bass drum? Oh, no. So oh, he- this- I wouldn't say he climbed into it so much Did as you place him put into <gasps> it. And oh, the tr- <laughs> Tyler. Guys, it was another time. I was a little child. No, this is awful. And I played the drums. <laughs> oh, no. In, in the, is that bad? Dirty it is looks. Bad. Dirty well, yeah. looks all around. I never would have. Don't do that, kids. Oh, my goodness. Wow. He was fine. You're oh, sure? Okay. Yeah, he was fine. You had his well, hearing he- tested afterward? Yeah, but. His eyes bugged out for the rest of his life. I mean, ferrets have bugged eyes anyways, right? Oh. Poor Alonzo. Yeah, he's he's fine. Alonzo, did you name him after a sports hero? Yes. Alonzo Morning? Yes. High fives. Yeah. What was Mary the name knows. of your ferret? My, I had two ferrets. I had Taffy. Taffy because the ferret. Because ferrets are stretchy. Like yeah. Taffy, yeah, they yeah. just kind of yes. expand and retract. You're, and then I had you're, Snickers. You're Snickers and Taffy. You're stretching a ferret. Yeah. What's the difference Don't between that and like putting it in a Don't act like you never stretched your ferret. Don't act like it didn't happen. because it I stretch my ferret. That sounds weird. Emily's going to have to put in the podcast description that at this at this minute, Mark, we talked about ferret stretching. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Time to do that. Okay. Oh my goodness. Dave, What anything going on in your life? Ah, uh, not a thing. Nothing? Just not a thing. Smooth sailing. Uh, yeah, I can't actually, I probably, yeah, this morning our little 
adopted grandkids oh, yeah. looked at me and said, why do you cook food so good? That made me well, all day. So they That's were, they awesome. were happy about that. We were thrilled. Good. And, then, and then mom said, it's, it's cooked food so well. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yes. Such, something right? like that. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it's, I'm okay. Good. It's a stretching day. I'm stretched. Yeah. I'm just stretched. like the ferret. Yep. Man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, not to take it back to music m- more, but I found out a couple days ago that I'll be leading a couple of worship songs for our Good Friday service. Ooh, wow. And they asked if Jaden could play, you know, whatever. So to sweeten the deal, I let him know that Penny was playing piano for that service. Cool. And his immediate response was, yes. That is a real oh, treat. So That's excited. Awesome. Has, that is a real treat. Has he heard her play? He has. Yeah. We have uh, one of her Christmas albums and we listen to it a lot. And the first time he heard it, he's like, mom, who is this? It was, yeah. yeah wow. So it. True, here's a true story. I was, uh, a couple of days ago, I was sitting in the basement and all of a sudden I heard the piano playing upstairs, which Penny doesn't play that much mm. anymore for several reasons. I burst into tears. Mm. But, mm. oh yeah. I wish you could have, yeah. Hmm. We're excited. He's my excited. whole my whole childhood was the sound of mom practicing and writing music, and oh yeah, I mean that was that's all yeah. I ever heard. That's awesome. Yeah. I've played with her once at Grace, and I was probably more nervous than I've ever been. <laughs> like walking into the room, I'm like, oh, Penny's playing. That's great. Oh no, yeah. I'm gonna totally be exposed for <laughs> yeah, my lack the of fraud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the fraud I am. That's the way I am when I so speak good. around her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's absolutely the grammar queen. Oh yeah. Love it. No, but okay. You know how to ask her some, did we talk about this in the pod? She has like, I think she has a sickness. She, she will open up the newspaper or in a magazine and literally within 10 seconds, she'll say, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. In a magazine? In a ma- All the grammar that's wrong. Really? Wrong, wrong, wrong. I mean, it's like. That sounds like a terrible way to live. Well. It's an affliction. It's, it really is an affliction. It's a beautiful a thing gift. when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. But you want you want mom looking at your paper before you yeah. uh, absolutely. It. But yeah. if you're sloppy like me yeah. in my communication, for sure. Yeah, that's intimidating. <laughs> Guys, have you any of you ever been to something like Winter Jam? Are you familiar with Winter Jam? Yeah, what was that? I saw the. I saw. I you went, went to this thing called Winter Jam, and what that is is basically like a traveling Christian version of Lollapalooza. So. There's like 45 cities that all these musicians and artists travel around to. Well, Indianapolis was one of their most recent stops. And I've got a buddy who's on, who's on tour, uh, John Christ, who I actually had the chance to interview and we might uh, have a bonus pod published here in, in a couple of weeks or coming up. But have you ever been to something like this where it's like you're sitting in the stands and it's 100% Christian uh, entertainment. Yes, I have. What's your feeling? What's your thought on it? Was so, it a good time? I'll tell you what. <laughs> curious to hear where you're going with this, Tyler, but yeah, go ahead, Mary. it feels like you're really setting something up here. Well, Is this I, an alley-oop? Have, maybe. You can take or it? maybe a block. <laughs> I don't know. No. So, you know, I was in a youth group as a yeah, youngster or whatever, sure. and, and they would want to go to something like that. It was always too mainstream for my taste. Oh, too mainstream? Yeah. What does that mean? Like too much, like, smoke? No, not even that. Um, I didn't listen to like contemporary Christian radio as a teenager or an adult, um, ever. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I don't like Christian music, but I just like things that was a bit more on the fringe and not so. Oh yeah. 
You like, um, you do like death metal. Produced. I do. I still do. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is like Carrie Job was there. I didn't know who that was, but we sing a lot of her songs at Grace. She's great. Um, and a lot of artists I've just never heard of. I'm not really like into that scene, I guess, because I thought I was, but apparently not. But it was good. It felt a little culty to me. <laughs> it felt like everybody's there, like praise and worship, Carrie Job, and then whoever's after her, praise and worship. But by the way, we have t-shirts for sale for $25 and it's buy one, get one mm-hmm. for 10. If, mm-hmm. And they like make these announcements in the middle of their sets. And all of a sudden there's like a 200 foot like light cross that turns red when they sing about the blood of Jesus. I'm like, oh my gosh, if, <laughs> if I was invited to this thing, I would feel so weird if I wasn't in right. on the culture. Yeah, you know? it's, it seems like it's something for people who are already, you know, oh, into yeah. that. The language. Yeah. All the language. Yeah. It was fun, but it was like, I was trying to think of like, what if I was invited to this? Yeah. And I just felt, whoa, whoa. Like gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Cause it's like, it, there was really like an LED cross that was probably like 200 feet tall. Mm-hmm. And when they sang about the blood of Christ, the cross turned red and orange. And I was like, flaming cross. Like it looks like a flaming cross. That's you, not a you, good... Not you mean simple. you mean our logo as a church? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait to bring it home, now? Dave. Sorry. Too close Sorry. to home. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I, I I always have mixed feelings about it because I in middle school I was all in with the contemporary Christian music. You know how like people would describe bands as like oh they're like fill in the blank bands but but Christian, yeah. you know, well, I didn't ever know the fill in the blank bands. <laughs> I had never yeah, heard of right. most of them because I only listened to Christian music. And then I grew out of that phase. And now I, I barely listen to anything other than maybe a few, a handful of worship songs that I like to yeah. have on hand. But um, yeah, I get kind of, I get kind of queasy with the whole Christian subculture thing quite a bit. Cause it's like, what are we trying to accomplish here? I get there's a sense of like, hey, we can all be safe and we know that this comedian's not going to use swear words. Yeah. You know, so that it's like, it feels good and it but feels like, inclusive and like, hey, we're all successful. Look how many of us there are. But I also wonder, is this really what Jesus had in mind? Like, is this what yeah. he, he was thinking? Like, someday, guys, <laughs> you don't know what electricity is yet, but hold up because we're going to have a flaming cross it was, <laughs> descending it was on an entire spectac- stadium full of people. It was a spectacle for yeah. sure. And I had yeah. a good time and I love seeing John there. Um, yeah, it was just, there was, there was a guy who was singing a song and literally the only words to the song were, I believe that we will win. And it's just a bunch of Christians like, oh, I believe that we will win. Like, I'm like, man, this is creepy. <laughs> what are we, what are we playing that we're going to win? Like, this is, Ooh. It's, yeah. there's something for everybody. That yeah, stuff's for not, sure. that is not for me. Not for it you. Not for you, but yeah. it's for somebody. Oh, yeah. You I showed hit? you that picture last week of my daughter about to jump off the yeah, stage, that's right. stage at diving. another Christian festival, but yeah. that's not in a big arena stadium, something yeah, or other. That's, like that's a, Little somebody's more kitchen or something on the fridge fringe on the yeah, fringe on the fridge <laughs> on the fridge yeah i should <laughs> yeah. put that picture on my the first christian picture. rock concert yeah bill and glory gaither my yeah. lord <laughs> oh man that was <laughs> and wild I'm, times and i'm not kidding <laughs> wild times oh my goodness wow all right so let's turn the corner <laughs> last weekend we talked about abraham and isaac dave gave a message about uh the testing of our faith and uh talked about the 
story where Abraham goes to Mount Moriah with Isaac and almost sacrifices him, but God, uh, God um, spares or an angel spares Isaac's life and uh, talk about how, how God is going to test all of us if we are serious about our faith and if we are serious about uh, growing in our faith and relationship with him. So Dave, do you mind... Um, just sharing for those who may have missed the message or have uh, forgotten about what we talked about last weekend. If you just would remind us of the big idea of last weekend. Yeah. Well, the big idea is this, that um, we're going to be tested period. And God is going to test us. But the key is he doesn't test us to kind of get answers that he wants. Like, is this person worthy of my love? That's not why he tests us to see if we pass or fail. And if we fail somehow, we, we doesn't love us anymore. He tests us so that we can actually look into our own hearts and see if we indeed have the resolve that whether I'm still in, whether I'm still willing to pursue God and, and uh, pursue what he has for me in my destiny. So tests are for us, not so much for him. Mm-hmm. This is a weird story. This has always been a weird story for me. Um, how did you approach this message? Because it's, it's one of those stories that like, I look at it and like, man, he's about to sacrifice his son who got, he's been waiting his whole life to get. That feels weird that God would ask him to do this or whatever. And how did you, how yeah. did, where were you emotionally and spiritually as you prepared for this? Well, emotionally, I mean, I, this is a tough time for me personally. And so, you're being, I, you're being tested. I am being tested and in numerous ways. And it was really interesting, just side note. So I went through the sermon at 4.30. And, you know, when you, the, at 4.30, I'm preaching the sermon and I'm trying to, quotes, hit, hit, hit my marks and quote, you know, do, yeah, yeah. say what I'm, and say the right thing and get the timing of it and say it with, you know, accuracy and passion. And it was, I, and I felt, I felt like I was okay. 6.15, I got up to preach and once I had gotten over the initial having to, you know, say the right things in the right way, all of a sudden I was able to enter into it. And oh my gosh, by the time I got to the end of the message, I was so, I was having a hard time because I was preaching to myself. I was, I was working through You're it. You're pretty emotional. I was very emotional. Uh, yeah. So I approached this that way. This, this one was very personal. The other thing is I, I had to approach it, um, as I do the scripture, like, what is it saying now? Because I've preached on this numerous times. And I had, mm-hmm. actually had people come up to me and say, I remember when you preached on this 10 years ago. I'm like, I don't remember that. <laughs> um, hmm. They say, it changed my life 10 years ago. I'm like, okay, okay. hope it did again. But um, so I, I went into this uh, and I did a little more research on the story. I read um, interesting Jewish perspectives on it, Islamic perspectives on the story. Yeah, that that was really interesting. Yeah, they're they're just very different different takes. And even if you you can't say there's just one Jewish uh, perspective on the story because they're all over the map. I mean, I read a, I, there are some theologians who believe he actually did sacrifice Isaac. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And some believe that the story never even happened. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, Islamic theology, they believe it wasn't Isaac, it was Ishmael. Sure. Um, yeah, and then I, I started paying attention to more of the details. And the thing that hit me the most, a couple things hit me the most this time. One is the actual plodding nature of the story. It is plodding. Just like super descriptive like, every well, step of the way. Like, yeah. Crawls along. Crawls along, three-day journey, 
chops the wood, yeah. gets the fire, and and I and I I was until this time I don't think I thought much about it, and then I realized okay this is this is the way tests are, they just can be this grind way. you down they they grind they grind you down and you have to you know continue to assess where you are. The second thing was that whole ram in the thicket business mm-hmm. that um, it wasn't just he didn't just appear. Oh wait, so I think. Yeah, that, <laughs> thanks. That's me from a sermon. It's interesting to hear what, what quotes you're going to take from the yeah. sermon. But, but anyway, we can talk about that later. But the whole idea that the ram was, was probably there all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really fascinating. That was kind of a too. big deal to me. Mm. Yeah, so I, that's how I approached it. You said testing will force you to uh, ask questions like, am I still in with mm-hmm. God? Yeah. And do I still trust God? Yeah. Isn't that the truth, man? Like, I think... Even if you, and we've maybe talked about this, I don't remember where we talked about this, but even if you don't believe in God, when you feel like you're being tested in life, you're like, where's God? Is there a God? Like that's the time you start asking the questions mm-hmm. about God, whether you believe in him or not. Um, do I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it's uh, more often than not, when the pain is bad enough, you go, the, the first reaction is I'm out. Yeah. I'm For out. sure. If, if this is how bad it is, I'm out. You know, I don't want any more. I don't want any more of this. That's like a, that's a knee jerk reaction. Do you feel like that's the most common reaction? What are the different I, types of reactions to, to being tested? I guess. Do we see in our culture or Christian culture primarily? Well, okay. Um, maybe when the guy was singing at the concert, we're going to win, we're going to win, yeah. we're going to win. Maybe that was uh, one person's reaction to testing and pain is saying, okay, okay, rather than uh, who knows, I'm, I'm sure. reading into yeah. it, mm-hmm. but that could be one reaction. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to, I'm putting my head yeah. down. I'm going to make it through it. I've yeah. heard people react that way. And there's others. I think there's a lot of people who have a bit more of a defeatist mindset in life. And so there's like, it's just how it is. Just going to be through, just survive it and, and a different kind of keep my head down. It's just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get get through it. They don't see it as yeah. something to be overcome as much as something to just kind of be put up with, mm-hmm. I think. And there's anger. Some people just get furious, furious at God, furious at everybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to go through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you guys? What do you, how do you guys react in moments of being tested when you acknowledge that this is a test somehow? How do you guys react? Depends on the test. <clears throat> really? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I could react in a number of ways. Um, if it's deeply emotional, I think I just, yeah, I run the gamut. Um, I've been angry before. I've been disillusioned for sure. Um, but I feel like I always circle back around to this, like, man, what was I supposed to learn from all this? What am I, mm. what was this, you know, as I move on throughout life, what am I to take from this and take with me mm. to the next thing? Like, what was I supposed to get from this? So you feel like you use testing sometimes as an opportunity to learn something and then apply it later, maybe? Sure. Okay. Yeah, because you never know when you're going to need it later. Like, I think I went through tests that at the time I didn't realize would be helpful down the road, mm-hmm. helping others go through their test. Oh man, mm-hmm. I went through that before. Let me tell you what it was like for me. Yeah. And this is what I realized coming out of it and whatever. It's, it, it can be how I can help people around me. Mm. I talk, I, go, go ahead, Bear. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I, 
I feel like for me, when I'm, whenever I'm facing a test, whether it's a conflict with a coworker to a, uh, a really uncomfortable situation that I'm in or something like that, my general sense is I always um, take a step back and, and ask the big question, why? Kind of like in my, mm. what you were saying, am I still in this? It's also like, why am I even here? Mm-hmm. And, and if I can answer that question, it mm-hmm. helps me remember, okay, I can get through this. So for example, and this is a, I don't expect that this is going to be a particularly relevant example for many people, but when I was in South Sudan <laughs> several, stop, hard several stop. years I ago. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I have a story about me being in South Sudan. I mean, it, so I was there doing my thing with, with World Next Door, my old nonprofit. And I uh, at one point decided that I was going to go to this village called, uh, it doesn't matter. It was out in the middle of nowhere, up in like the desert in the Northern part of the country. And I wanted to, I mean, part of my whole philosophy was I want to get as deep into the culture as I can. I want to, I want to understand what life is really like here. And there was an option for me to hop on a little plane that would take me there. And then I just take a bus for three hours to the village, or I could take public transportation the way that everyone else went. And so I went, I chose- What's that? You took the plane. No. Oh, I decided. Yeah, of course. I decided. <laughs> I took. Yeah, I decided that I was going to take the public transportation to to understand what what yep. it was like. Yep. And so I got in this. We. I won't even tell the whole story. It took my entire life. I'm still in You're that. Still on that, bus. In that <laughs> it was this like Land Rover type thing because buses don't work because their highway system is literally like a dried up riverbed that's how bad it is. It's these huge hills and just, I mean, it, and what ended up happening was a plane ride, which normally takes an hour on like a little prop plane took the whole journey took about two and a half days. Whoa. So, and I'm in the back. I was expecting a couple hours. No, 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 no. Days. We had to spend the night multiple times on our way to get to this village. And we were crammed four of us into the back seat along with an infant. The woman next to me had an infant. The whole time? Yeah. And the infant was, was vomiting and the woman was breastfeeding. And I, there was a, for some reason, someone had decided that they needed to take some bananas from the city that we were in to back to this village. But because it took so long, all the bananas began to rot in the back oh of our van. So my like, goodness. it was by far the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life. And because the road was so bumpy, I couldn't read. Uh, all yeah. I could really do was stare out the window at mm. this like d- pretty desolate landscape. And so, you know, you get a few hours, you get a couple days into that and it's like, what? am I doing here? How did, yeah. there's no way to make it end. You know, I couldn't just, right. I'll not, get off here. <laughs> yeah, so, thanks mind. so much guys. Great yeah. experience. So I had, to, so in that <laughs> case, it was, a, it was a test, albeit self-imposed, I guess you could say, but it was a test where I, I had to constantly step back and be like, why am I here? Oh yeah. I'm here to understand what life is like for them. And they don't have a choice. They can't mm. pay for the plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not even an option. It's not even on their radar. They mm. take that because that's the only way they can transfer, mm-hmm. tra- go between these cities. So, yep. and that helped. And I got through it and I ended up writing an article about the whole experience because it, it taught me a ton. It taught me a ton about some of my own, my own perspectives, but yeah. So that's mm. one example. And I, so for me, it's a matter of stepping back and saying, why am I here? What mm-hmm. is this? What is really going on here? And what is mm-hmm. God trying to, trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. So the young lady approached me after the service this past weekend and, uh, was beaming. She said she had gone, she had gone through an experience. She didn't tell me what it was, but she was beaming. And she said, I learned so much through that test. 
It has transformed my life. She's a completely different person now than she was when she was going through the test. That's all I knew. I just saw this beaming, mm. bubbling person and she walked away and I thought, okay, that's one way, that's one approach to a test. She was completely transformed. Barry, the way you described it, it sounds like it has changed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Maren, you were saying that's how you approach tests, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of what, so can I tell you how horrible I feel? right now because the what I'm going some of the things I'm going through right now I've gone through before mm-hmm. and I wish I could look at you and say because I've gone through those things before sure. I'm completely different than I yeah. than I was 10 years ago because Sometimes, of all those yeah. and can I tell you how frustrating it is to me right now to go through a very similar test and have a very similar reaction mm. that I did five years ago, 10 years ago. And I'm really frustrated with myself, to be honest with you. This is what I've been taking before God. And I've been journaling about it and trying to figure out, okay, why don't I learn these lessons? Mm. Why haven't I learned it so that it so that I can be smiling, bubbly? Mm. Okay, I'm just being honest with no, you, okay? I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm, I'm just being honest. It's just, it's it's I'm frustrated with myself right now. Mm. After 40 years of ministry, 63 years old, after all I've gone through, and I'm still mm. feeling the way I am in the middle of this test. So, so what what types of, uh, not lessons, but what types of things are coming to your mind of as you're processing this? Like, how are you processing it beyond asking the question? Yeah, well, okay. So you would fully expect that if test after test after test would give birth to what, what the scriptures call the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, mm-hmm. right? And instead, test after test after test, what's coming back is frustration and anger yeah. and impatience again. Yeah. What is that about? So in so cutting to the chase with me, I have to think, okay, some of us have prevailing unresourceful ways of approaching life and our tests, God's going to continue to test us because those unresourceful ways need to continue to be poked at. Hmm. And, and, and so that's the way I'm facing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning again. Here we go again. And you said, we have a clip, but you said if, if you want to have a life that has any meaning at all, you're going to have to go through tests. Absolutely. And so is the point to respond to the test or is the point to acknowledge I am being tested? It, you know what I mean? Like is yeah. the point to react the way that you wish you would react or is the point to just have a meaningful life because you're going through yeah. the test? Well, well, and, well, go ahead. And I'll just say whether or not you are learning a ton and changing and responding to tests differently, you're still sticking in it and you're yep. getting through it. Exactly. That's, right. that, that's, that's faithful that to where God has, has put you. Right. So let out, this is, this is the key to the, this is the key to the whole thing. So you play that clip and I'll. Yeah, let's play it. Go ahead. When we're at our quiet moment and we're facing our life, we don't want just the mundane. We want to know why we're here. We want to know why we're made. We want to know what our calling is. We want to know where we're supposed to be. Amen. Well, then be careful when you throw that amen around because if that's what you want, you're going to be tested. Yeah. Okay, so here's the point. Even though I can look at myself and be disappointed that in the middle of what I'm going through right now, I'm disappointed in kind of my reactions. I tell you what it isn't doing. It is not dissuading me from the direction I'm moving in. Mm. Okay, as a matter of fact, uh, it is empowering me in what I feel called to. That's and, important, yeah. Okay. One of the things I didn't talk about in the sermon that was important is we get to the end of the the story and the angel says, 
now that I know that this is the way you're going to react. And then he reasserts on behalf of God, reasserts the calling on Abraham. And we've seen this several times through all these chapters. This You're going to bless all the nations. You're going to be like stars. Well, the angel says this time, and this is exactly what's going to happen to you. Now, this is, all right, because of this test, it's a sure thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to change the world. Hmm. And this is your calling. So I think the ultimate purpose of tests is that if, if it doesn't propel us forward into our calling, we're missing out on the big purpose of the test. Hmm. It's not, yes, it should change the way we approach the world. We should be better, stronger people as a result of it. But ultimately, a test should propel us forward into our calling. So this is, I think this is a micro version maybe of what you're talking about, Dave. But um, I, my first, I talk about the story quite a bit. My first year of marriage, uh, Lauren comes from a family who has a lot of Christmas traditions. Like they do the same thing every year at Christmas. They go and cut down or they go and buy a tree, a real tree at a hardware store. They spend the whole day like at the store and then going to set it up. I don't come from a family that has traditions like that. We always used to just go down to Florida and be on the beach. Um, So our first year of marriage, we got married in August. December's Christmas, obviously. Our first year of marriage, Lauren's really excited because we're gonna start this tradition of buying a new tree. Um, I'm too narcissistic to like get into that with her. And so we go get the tree at the hardware store and there's like, they're popping popcorn, they're making hot chocolate. They've got like a model train going around the store and she wants to spend the day there, like just taking in the experience. For me, it's like, well, the tree's back there. Let's just go get it. It's like a transaction. And uh, I, was, I wasn't like mad or anything. I was looking forward to setting it up at home and I, w- I, w- I was just oblivious and in my own world. And so they put the tree, we buy the tree eventually. I think everything's fine. Put the tree on the car. On the way home, Lauren's sobbing. I'm like, what? What is happening? I thought we were having a good time. And she said, you just, you don't get in the experience you don't like, you're not present. You're not present. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I was blindsided. And then she said, it's okay. I know that's just how you are. Maybe one day we'll have kids and they will celebrate with me in these traditions. And you can just, she didn't mean it as a dig, but she said, "Wow." but, and you can just do Mm. things the way you want to. That was the moment. That was the moment that was three or four months into my marriage where I'm like, I have major problems. That's a test. That's my test. Yeah. Is like something is wrong and it's not her fault. It's my fault. I don't know what that is, but that was the beginning of the journey where I had to make significant choices about my own behavior and how right. I thought about living. Um, I want it, but you know, smash cut to almost five years later and I'm still making the same mistakes in a lot of ways. And I'm like, did I even learn anything? I know that that mm-hmm. was the message that I thought I learned at the moment, but I'm still making a lot of the same mistakes. I wonder if that's a micro version of uh, what you're talking about in, in reacting in the way that you are. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but but would you say, let me ask you, would you say that the the path of your life and the journey of your life is forward? You're not- Oh, absolutely. Okay. I so am the, a million miles away from where I yeah, was five so that's, years ago. That's my point. My point is that tests, if tests don't drive us forward- Yeah then we're not we're missing on the purpose of the test. Yeah. It should drive us forward into our calling into who God's called us to be yeah. in this world. It, it's not going to trend there I don't 
there, I suppose there are a few tests that instantly transform us and we never have a problem with that thing again. <laughs> yeah. There aren't many of those. Yeah. You're right. And that to me is encouraging. Like as long as he still sees fit to put me through tests, mm. that means that he still loves me. You read that passage about discipline and he disciplines those whom he loves. Like, Oh, that, that killed me. Hmm. That killed me. When I read that, why, why is that? Why did that hit you so strongly? That passage, the Hebrews passage. The hitting, the, the Hebrews one. Well, yeah. for one, it was the second time that that passage came up this week. I had told you before, right. um, I was in a meeting, Tyler and I actually were both in a meeting where um, Jeff Unruh, pastor of communications and worship arts, he mm-hmm. was sharing that passage, Hebrews 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I should look it up. Um, in fact, I will look it up. Yeah, so this is what, this is what Jeff read to us in our meeting earlier this week. It's Hebrews 12. I think he started at verse 10. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And I'll pause there. Jeff had given us the gift of 30 minutes to ourselves, right? He yeah. like, we were at the North Indy 8450 building. So there's lots of space for us to go and find a corner to be alone with the Lord and process things. And he'd asked us, you know, specifically to pray over some specific things pertaining to our group and our team here at Grace Church. So I had 30 minutes to just journal and process mm. some things. And while I did that, there was an image that came to my mind, um, um, I have a membership to the YMCA. I like I like working out, but I also have two young kids. So oftentimes I have to work out at home. And when I work out at home, I'll find some random yoga video to do online. I'm looking at Emily because we do the same random yoga videos. I've noticed <laughs> that you you when you talk about your stories, you look at Emily a lot. I trust her. Oh, uh, she oh, makes Mary. me feel safe. No, <laughs> all right. We're sitting right here. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we're being tested. <laughs> you might be being tested. Anyway, um, so- you know, you, anyone who's ever done yoga before, you have a mat, right? Mat yeah. on the floor. And um, a lot of the, the things that you do involve mindfully placing your hands on this mat. You can't just casually put them down. Um, you might fall over, you might tip over. And if you ever do yoga with your kids, it's hilarious to watch them tip over like dominoes. So much fun. But <laughs> for me, the image I got in my head was when I'm practicing and focused and my muscles are shaking and I'm sweating, I have to dig my fingertips into the mat. And it's, it's a stabilizing thing. It helps me not fall over. Um, but it's just, it takes all your focus. People think it's like stretchy and all that stuff. It's not, it's actually can be really hard. So anyway, as I was praying and processing through my role here at the church and just personally what I'm going through in my life, that was the image that came to my head. Just planting my hands down, digging my fingertips in, being steadfast, being as steady as I can be and just digging in. Mm. So the next verse, right out of that in Hebrews, um, but afterwards there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Verse 12, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. I, yeah, my son asked me um, after our prayer gathering on Wednesday night, how do you know when God speaks to you? And I told him that story. You know, one minute I'm just alone in a corner somewhere Mm -hmm. and God's giving me a picture and I'm like, wow, what does that mean? Okay, I see this picture of my hands kind of digging in, but 
what do you want me to get out of that? And no more than 15 minutes later, Jeff is reading this scripture passage about taking a new grip with your tired hands. Hmm. I'm like, son, for me, that is, that is an example of how God speaks to me. Mm-hmm. And then it came up again uh, in your message this weekend. Um, you talked about refinement. That stood out to me in a huge way. You're connecting the story of Abraham and Isaac you know, it, it's accounted to Abraham as as faith. He's one of the giants of the faith. But right in there is the word refinement. What he went through, what you're going through, mm-hmm. what I'm going through, mm-hmm. as he refines us. And that's the part that's encouraging to me. He's mm-hmm. disciplining me because he still yeah. loves me. And he still sees something in me that he can draw out of me, but I've got to be refined in order for him to get to it. Yeah. Hit me hard. When I got to the point, what father doesn't discipline his children? Yeah. And at the prayer gathering Wednesday night, I honestly, I was trying to engage as much as I could mm-hmm. with where I, what I was feeling. And, and then somebody said to me, you need to go back and have somebody pray for you. Mm-hmm. So I went back to ministering prayer and one of the prayer team members put their arm on my shoulder and they just started speaking. I won't say what it was because it was just for me, but it was a speaking on behalf of the father she said the she said the here's what the father sees in you so i had this father mm. image and then when i i had and it was i kind of i just lost it mm. and i was sobbing and then when i got up to pre- i hadn't thought about it till i got up to preach and 615 it gets to the thing about the father again i'm like oh oh man oh yeah just so anyway it yeah. it hit me deeply that the that look i can go through a test I can face this test if I know my father is the one who's walking with, with me through it and is the one who's directing my affairs and, mm-hmm. and is with me. I can deal with that. I can deal with that. So let me ask a question then for all of you guys. But um, obviously we didn't get into this this weekend. We haven't talked about it yet on the podcast, but um, there's quite a spectrum when we think of the idea of being tested. Yeah. Uh, and... <clears throat> And, you know, obviously we live in the United States where the idea of a parental discipline is can, can be a little touchy because we don't like the idea of, mm-hmm. you know, parents abusing their children. And so all of that, what I wonder is, how, how do you guys see the, the where, where to you is the line between God creating some test or difficulty in our lives to refine us and the world being broken mm-hmm. And that having an effect on our lives, because it would be easy and wrong, I would assume, to to, to go down the path of saying, "Well, oh, you got you got cancer. God must be testing, testing you. you." Totally. Which, in other words, God caused that cancer. Or that some people will say that that or, hurricane overwhelmed that city, and so God's testing the United States or testing yeah. right. So, I mean, I think we can all clearly say there's a, there's a line that gets crossed at some point because it doesn't align with the character of who God is. Right. But where would you say, how, how, was, how would someone determine or discern that whether this is something that God is causing in my life versus this is something that um, was not God's intention, right. but he's with me in or it. Or is the product of a broken world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you kind of just answered it. Mm-hmm. Just shoot. I, didn't, I meant for you guys to answer it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever but, you said, okay, I so agree with. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know what you guys think about this. But uh, on one hand, I would say, um, are we ever going to definitively know? Unlikely. 
it's unlikely we're going to be able to say, okay, well, that was because of yeah this, of Satan. That was because God's disciplined me, or that was because of just natural. It's I don't know that we can draw. I don't know how to draw that line. But did you hear what he said about um, the character of God? How does it align with the character of God? That's probably that's the only grid that we can that we can look through mm-hmm. and and say okay. From what I know about God, is it possible that that test is from God? And, if, and looking at his character, I, that camp, a hurricane destroying the city of New Orleans does not feel at all like it came as part of the character of God. Yeah. Does I that, think it's less about defining where the test came from and more just he promises to be with us through every test. Yeah. Not every test originates, you know, the hand of God, you know. Um, but as we talked about last week, if he exists outside of space and time, he sees what is going to come. He is already with us. Mm. And this takes us back to our formerly known as Christian series. When you were um, talking about him being in the boat with you, Mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't do anything to cause that actual physical storm to rage on the lake Mm -hmm. as they were fishing. They didn't do anything to cause that, but he was with them. Mm -hmm. So I think less about the, you know, is this from you? Are you doing this to me? I, I don't think, I don't think about that. I do think you're here with me, regardless of what's going on. What am I supposed to learn from this? Or how do you want to use me in this or, or whatever? It's interesting. I've never thought about this till just now, but as you were saying that, um, I've never, in, in context of this idea, but Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh, the thorn in his side that that has tor- that torments him. He, he refers to, I believe it's in Romans. Is that correct? No, no, it's it's in it's Second in Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Second yeah. Corinthians, yeah, because he's defending himself anyway. Yeah. And and interpreters are all over the map uh, about what that thorn in the flesh was. Some people say it was an ailment, like like bad eyesight. Uh, some people say it was a spiritual thing, like mm-hmm. a demon or something like that. And some people say it was like a an opponent that was like constantly. What have you seen the meme that suggests that it's SpongeBob? That SpongeBob okay, was, was yeah. the thorn in Paul's flesh. That actually sounds right. very that accurate. Great. Yeah, but um, <laughs> what, what's interesting is that he talks about. He says in Second Corinthians that um, three times I prayed to the Lord to take it away from me, mm-hmm. but he he didn't mm-hmm. as a way of keep essentially keeping me humble and remembering that it's mm-hmm. God's power through me that that makes me strong, not my own. And I, I've never thought about it in conjunction with this idea of being tested, but in some sense the thorn, whatever it was, was not necessarily sent by God, but God was allowing it to remain, Mm -hmm. even though Paul was asking him to remove it because God had a purpose for it. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that's interesting. I don't, like if it was a bad eyesight or something like that, it's, it's probably not God's intention that Paul had bad eyesight. That's probably just a part of the broken world, but God did not heal him because it was his intention that Paul rely on his strength. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. We tossed the testing around a little liberally. Like I remember when I was young and I'd be like grounded. I'd be like, God's just testing me right now. Testing my faith. <laughs> just, and I'd read like Job or something <laughs> to relate. <laughs> like, no, you snuck out of the house and it was past curfew. Okay. That God's not testing you. So there's both sides, I guess. There's one going too far. And saying, mm-hmm. you know, God's testing you through the hurricane. But then there's the other side where like, get it together, take some responsibility. Like you're not being tested. 
Right. Yeah, and most of us don't like the insecurity of saying, I don't know where this is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And so we craft theological systems so that I don't have to fuss about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it all only has to be this way. Only has to be this way. And the and the fact is, I'm maybe this is just me, I don't know, but I'm comfortable in the insecurity of not knowing where it's coming from as long as I know he's with me and somehow he's going to help me learn something and he's going to push me forward into my destiny. Mm-hmm. All right. If somebody, going back to the story, if somebody does this today, in 2018, we say, you know, kills, but, their, kills their child or like God told me to do this, you know, we call them insane Right. criminals be locked away forever. This we're saying is an ultimate act of faith. At what point, why, why are we say it's crazy now, but it's Wasn't part of crazy. Then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for one thing, child sacrifice was pretty normal back then. It was. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Pagan religions. Yeah. Oh yeah. But not, yeah. Not among the people of God. Okay. Yeah. So the con- the entire concept wasn't necessarily like yeah. an automatically crazy idea, but I think what what really struck me when I heard your sermon this time around was all you pointed to kind of the breadcrumbs of the different ways that that showed that Abraham seemed to really think that oh, it wasn't yeah. actually going to happen. And even if he did kill his son, God yeah. had some purpose in it. He was going to come back. That right. was super cool. And I never really thought about that because he says, you know, we will worship there and then we'll come right back. Yeah. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And I always assumed he was just lying. Mind blown. Always I did too. That. Yeah. I, was like, I don't know. What, I think that was literally how it was taught to me as a child. And so it's never, I've never thought about it otherwise, but the idea that no, he genuinely believed that no, was, I, was new for me. I think the key to the whole thing is when I start putting those pieces together, when God says, go do this, he doesn't offer any pushback. Mm. Mm. To me, right. that should you, be- a- You didn't highlight this, but it says, uh, go do this, blah, 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 burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I'll show you. The next morning, Abraham got yep. up early. The next morning. Early. Like he didn't even, he didn't even wait. He's like, all right, I'm going to sleep, get oh, up wow. and go. Yeah, I, I think he had already, and I think at that point, the, it was a fait accompli. I think we knew how, I think God, everybody knew how it was going to end at that point because his faith was so unbelievable. I mean, I, that's, it's, I struggle with that because- that's why I said this twice in the message. I think I said, well, I, I don't, what, level, what level of confidence that I, do I have mm. that on the other end of this test, I'm going to feel differently. I'm going to, and I got to be honest, maybe it's just Eeyore me right now, but mm. my level of confidence isn't where Abraham's was. Oh, mine either. You know? Mine either. And think about the faith of Isaac. All right. So I've always thought of Isaac as like a baby, but- He's carrying the wood, right? Yeah, he's here, carry, carry he's, this, yeah. So he's, he's, he's asking questions. He can actually he's, ask he's asking question. the right questions, yeah. right? Uh, where's uh, the uh, sheep? So hmm. in my mind, he's a teenager at least, and he could probably take Ab- old Abraham down Well, think, think he's about coming this. at him with a knife. Do you, can you imagine him laying on the wood? How did he get him to- That's what he, I'm saying. Did he pick him up? No. And put him on the wood? Did he have to tie him up first? Would he, would he run away? He he just laid down on it, I assume. Or he tied him up and just, did he trust his father that much? Did he think his father had lost his mind? What was going yeah. through his head? So he had to have incredible faith too to trust his dad yeah, and trust God who his dad believes in that 
everybody's got this under control. I'm just going to lay down on this yeah. wood pile and yeah. ask the right questions. Yeah. Um, all right. So the whole series that we've been doing the past few weeks called called out, we've talked about Abraham's faith. We've talked about the blessing that God uh, wants to give Abraham. If he, you know, believes in God or believes God and a couple of weeks back, we said, and Abraham never saw it, right? He never saw the promised land. He never experienced the actual blessing of the, all the stars in the sky and the sand on the shore and all that stuff. Um, I was totally in on that. I was like, man, that is amazing. And then I read this story. I'm like, oh yeah, he almost killed his son because God was testing him just like God asked him to leave his family, just like right. God asked him to leave everything he's ever known. And he didn't get to see God's blessing. Like right. that is a, oh, that is a thorn in the side, man. That is a tough one to swallow for me. I, yeah, uh, it is what it is for me too. What kind of faith did he develop? Yeah. And honestly, we, okay, the, here's what he had going for him. God constantly showed up to talk to him, mm-hmm. either in person or in visions or dreams. I look at that and say, I'm sure he would have said, boy, it would have been nice if I had the Bible. I, I had a church and I, we, <laughs> yeah. I had a small group. Somebody yeah. else who could talk to somebody, God for somebody, me. And somebody to support me through this. He didn't have any of that. Yeah. We are going, you know, I've got a church. I've got a Bible. I've yeah. got a small group. I got a friends. But I wish God would just show up and talk to me. Yeah. yeah. Who, who is better equipped to develop a life of faith, Abraham or us? With all the resources we have at our disposal. disposal. We are, yeah. It would seem like we are. On the other hand, you say, well, it would be nice if God would just show up. But understand, Abraham knew nothing. He had no spiritual background. He had yep. no church. He had no, I mean, it's crazy the level of faith he came to. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. It's, it's kind crazy. of my point. Because yeah. if I had gone through all of that and I, all I wanted was a kid, that's all I wanted. And God told me he would give that to me. And then I had a kid yeah. and now he's asking me to do this on top of asking me to leave my family on top of that, you know, but he's going to bless me with generations of offspring or yeah. whatever. Um, I'd be like, this is the part where I'm out. This is the part. That's the line. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Credible faith. Absolutely. And then there's Isaac, which who we're, I'm preaching about this weekend. Yes. Who didn't even, it wasn't even his call. It was his dad's call. And he's got to like, he gets his own little mini version of it, but he, he had to continue this journey for his dad that who was called out. And, and it's just, it's incredible. Cause that, that's the whole reason I think the patriarchs as a whole mm-hmm. have so much. Oh, and wait till you get to Jacob who I'm preaching on in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Who was a jerk. <laughs> yeah. He was a jerk. He Hold was on a, to your seats. Everyone, by the way, he was a complete jerk. <laughs> yeah. I may not say this in my sermon. Isaac, new favorite patriarch for what? me. What? Yeah. Really? Oh Yeah. Isaac's the bomb. I did not realize. It was just like three days ago. You're like, what am I even going to say? No, about he's, a to- he's a total dud in the story. <laughs> but when you actually dig into his character, you realize like, wow, he lay down on that wood pile. He was like wildly in love with his wife it, w- when everyone else was like having, a, he didn't have any other wives. He didn't yeah. sleep around with anyone else. Unlike just, dad and, and just like dad yeah. and son, sure. his son is a liar. His, his other son, I mean, like he, he lives in this like crazy world and yet he's totally faithful. He's a good guy and he doesn't leave the promised land. It's crazy. Anyway, we'll talk. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you That's it. for that. 
um, is there anything, Dave, that you um, wanted to say this weekend, this last weekend that you didn't get a chance to? No, not, no, that was a couple of weeks ago. But that I, the whole, here's the thing that I want to make sure that we don't forget. And this is what happened to me last night. Look for the rams in the thickets. Ooh, let's the not, rams in the thickets. Let's not forget that because even when the test is hard and even where it doesn't, we don't know where God is, every now and then there will be a provision mm-hmm. there that will either get us through the test itself uh, ultimately or just walk as we wait for the test to end. There's the ram, there's the ram, there's the ram that, that, mm. that appears and keep looking for it. I saw it last night. I had a couple of incredible experiences. Of course, then I woke up this morning and checked your email, checked my email. And then it was like, okay, need to go find another Ram. Yeah. (laughs) Is the Ram in the thicket the same as like the faith trigger that we talked about a couple weeks ago, like stars in the sky. I think it could be. I I think think it becomes that like, so you're talking about Abraham and how he didn't get to live to see his descendants number, the sand on the seashore, but he always has that ram yeah. and he has yeah, Isaac. Exactly. Man, remember how God made you know yeah. my, my son be born from a barren woman? Remember that time I almost killed my son yeah. and this ram showed up? Like, So those are, those are his faith triggers from then on. That's yeah. pretty cool. And the point is the ram is always there. Yeah. You don't have to go just wait for it to appear. It's always there. Look around. Hmm. So thanks for that message, Dave. Thanks for giving us that message last weekend. And as always, thanks for joining us next week. Barry, you're up, right? We're talking about Isaac. Yeah, but I don't think I'm going to be. Oh, you're not going to be for the here. Podcast. Oh man, what? we got to. We got to do. Unless we find a way to like record it right after we church gotta, on Sunday or something. Oh, that's but right. Don't worry. I'll, be I'll take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next week we'll try to figure that out. Maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe Emily Pod Prod will guest Maybe host. Emily again. can be the ram in the thicket. Yeah, we've got some other folks who wanna who wanna show up on the pod. <laughs> Uh, so we'll figure that out, but, um, we've got what, two more weeks in the series yep. yes. of called out. Um, so we've got Isaac and Jacob coming up. So we're looking forward to that. Um, but until then, Marion, why don't you send us out? I would love to do justly love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs>